0: Shoot, I don't even have my opening speech. I am so unprepared. Well, do you have the opening speech there? No, no, see, I got nothing prepared. I'm go just in, winging it today. Go on your Google Drive, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I don't need to take tech lessons from you. I'm, who, who, I mean, <laughs> who, do, who do you think you are? I'm your tech girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all
1: oh. right,
0: this is Bill, he's my tech guy. I
1: mean, listen, like, he is the one. You really don't play that up
0: enough. Welcome to Black, White, and Blue in the South, a podcast discussing democratic politics with a Southern flair. I'm Bill Kimmler. I'm Jamil Brooks. And we're coming to you from Greenwood, South Carolina, yeah. a little red county in a very red state. If you like what you hear... Please leave a rating, tell your friends about us, follow us on social media, or better yet, get Congressman Matt Gates a little crown, a scepter, and a cape, because he has become the king of the congressional Republicans, whether you like it or not. You can always drop us a note at, black, white, blue, in the south at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and even Threads. We have a Linktree page that you can connect to for everything, so be sure to look at the show notes where we'll have that and links to all material mentioned in today's episode. They will be found there. So, hey, Jamil. Hi, you? What a weekend we had. Oh my gosh. You're listening to a very special episode today. This is not going to be a normal episode where we pick a topic of the week and go with it. Uh, And in fact, we are going to include a few news items that were pre-recorded and kind of sitting in the queue for such a day as today. Yes. But the main topic today is about something that happened that was very special in my life and in Jamil's life. And it actually sounds awkward if you just leave it hanging at that. So Fill may, it in. Hurry may, up and fill it in. I'll let you fill it in. What happened to us this past week? Oh,
1: wow. We did a thing.
0: I See, now you're making it even oh, more awkward. Oh, that is awkward. My bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we announced that we are going to run. I am announcing the candidacy, or I did announce, for House Seat.
0: District 12. And I announced for South Carolina House Seat District 13. We're going to cool be neighbors. How cool is that? It's going to be awesome. Working together. So we had our annual Carnell Drummond Mays Banquet Thursday evening. That's the annual banquet fundraiser for the Greenwood County Democratic Party. And in front of over 120 family and friends. Wow. Paying family and friends, I yes, might add. So yes. we're even more grateful for that. Jamil announced... And then I announced, and the reception that we got afterwards was nothing short of astounding. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We had a technical issue that night. Oh, goodness. If you've listened to our shows from the beginning, you will have noticed a dramatic improvement in sound quality over the weeks. Yes, uh, especially the last two episodes, we invested in a little bit of equipment, got some new microphones, got an official little podcast machine. How cool is that? And the quality went through the roof to to where I was super happy. We used this little podcast machine to hook it up at this event so that the microphone at the podium was routed through the podcast machine and then the podcast machine routed to the speaker. We were hoping to get a crystal clear audio of the proceedings. Now. Yes catch that word i threw in there (laughs) hoping hoping right (laughs) and sometimes hope and prayers don't always work (laughs) because i was in the middle of giving the kind of the opening speech for the event and then the audio completely cut out just died yeah and the podcast machine had powered off and so i powered it back on continued speaking got through maybe 10 words and then it cut off again So being an IT guy, I quickly rerouted all my cables. We went right to the speaker and did not get a very clear recording. We got one from the camcorder. We do have video of it. And okay. It, it's okay, but again, it's not podcast-quality audio. It was like that live audio we oh, did at the okay. Oconee County Democratic Party. Serviceable, but not up to standards. Okay. So we're taking this opportunity today to re-record our candidacy speeches, because I'll tell you what, objectively speaking, they were some of the finest speeches that I know. South Carolina has like, ever this heard. This is
1: when we should have we should be recording, because both of us are looking at each other smiling. like We were so excited. Yes. Yeah. It,
0: it, I know for me personally, and I've been doing public speaking for a long time, as have you, Jamil, but that night there was something special and electric in the air, and just the way the whole evening proceeded— It was about the finest speech I ever gave, and I was very proud of it. So I'm hoping to recapture some of that magic today. Okay. But I do want at least a high-quality audio capture of that announcement speech. Okay. What was any of your observations from that uh, banquet? I know that was your first one. That was
1: my first one. You know, there's just so much power associated with unity. And when you're in a room where there's so many people who are passionate about the survival and the well-being of others— and you share that energy, it's dynamic. So my observation was, there was no one in that room who was left alone. Everyone was with someone. And that was amazing.
0: Indeed, it was. Oh, and hats off to our banquet hosts, the main event, and that's M-A-I-N-E. They're on the bypass right next to Ollie's. They're in that big shopping plaza, and we were their first customers. That was the inaugural banquet, (laughs) and we went through some rough times together, the main event and ourselves, but uh, we trusted in them, and they worked their butts off to get that facility ready. Service was great. I highly recommend them. Look them up again. It's the main event in Greenwood. Great place. The food was phenomenal. It was good. From what I heard. Yes, I know. You didn't really have time to enjoy. (laughs) I did not get to sit and eat. And besides, my stomach was just a bunch of nerves, and I I couldn't sit back and enjoy myself. But I did talk to people, and they just thought the steak and the chicken and the veggies were just out of this world. Yeah,
1: my mom is still talking about the broccoli. Oh, no kidding. (laughs) So... She's going to stalk them to find out exactly Your what... Your mom doesn't get out much, does she? <laughs> she, she was didn't. on it with broccoli. I was like, okay, mama, we'll figure that out.
0: <laughs> so just as a recap of what that event was like, so we had a, a little stage, a little raised stage, and I gave an opening speech, and then we watched a, a video about the namesakes, Carnell, Drummond, and Mays, three men who shaped uh, Greenwood County, and and even in the case of Dr. Benjamin E. Mays, shaped the world. Yeah. And went through the histories of each, uh, a short 10-minute video to kind of educate everybody, kind of ground us as to why this event is named the way it is. We gave out some raffle prizes, including a color television. I don't know what happened. My ticket, something's wrong with my ticket. That just showed you my age. Why? I said color television. Did you? Oh, you did. I oh. did. Boy, that was grandpa speak right there. You know, as, as if I had... We were going to give away a black and white TV. I mean, maybe that would have been a special one if we had one. We got a brand new color TV. Oh, so now we price is right. <laughs> Uh, but raffled off a television, two wonderful pieces of artwork from a local artist named Simeon Spearman. Shout out to Simeon. Uh, and, and, a, and a beautiful South Carolina towel. Um, anyhow, it, it was a lot of fun. We gave out some prizes. We also announced winners of two annual awards. Yes. One's a an award we give out every year, and the second was a brand new award. So I'll start with that second one first, the Wanda Moore Community Service Award. Named after a member of the Greenwood County Democratic Party who was in charge of our community service program, she passed away very suddenly and unexpectedly last summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, really devastated us. And to kind of keep her spirit of community service alive, we named an award in her honor, and congratulations to Lee Kino. Awesome. From uh, the Piedmont Agency uh, on Aging, I believe, is what it's technically called. We may know it as Meals on Wheels. Yes. She's in charge of the volunteer scheduling and coordinating of all the drivers in multiple counties wow so not just greenwood but saluda and Abbeville and so on and she she's just a powerhouse she is so dynamic and uh, had a lot of fun then the second award was the true blue democrat of the year yes and that went to kathy and george swindell
1: the combo
0: first time we gave it out to a couple and it was absolutely hilarious i had my Camera phone trained on them as I was recording them, kind of a little sly off to the side because you know I knew that they were being announced. But when uh, Miss Susie Holloway and she was last year's winner, she announced this year's winner. Yeah, I zoomed in on George's face. Oh, he was annoyed. (laughs) <laughs> it was the best he does not like the public spotlight he does not like recognition this guy is on so many boards and is involved in the community and and he and his wife Kathy have just been so they they've been anchors of the democratic party for yeah, years wow and you know, he just doesn't like the spotlight, but I made sure to get his face because I knew it. I knew what his reaction would be. Kathy was ecstatic. Yes. Yeah, George was annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just how, how they are. But they were both gracious and, and accepted it. And, and even that beautiful award they got does not even begin to scratch the surface of how appreciative we are of those yeah, two. great people. So then uh, after the awards and the raffles, we moved into the main part of the program. Oh, no, we, uh, we had another video, which I... I don't know if you've seen that before. You're familiar yeah. with that story. But uh, there were two women in South Carolina, Representative Ann Parks and Councilwoman Edith Childs, that yeah. were instrumental in bringing President Barack Obama, who was a senator at the time, to Greenwood. Mm-hmm. And here at Greenwood is where that phrase, fired up, ready to go, yeah. became part of his campaign. Fire up. Fire up! Ready to go! go. Fired up! Ready to go! Wow. And we had a 10-minute video about the whole history of that with President Obama's own words and yeah. video of him with and Ann Parks and Edith Childs throughout the decades. And it, it really was inspirational because there was quite a few people in that audience who did not know that story. Yeah. I'd like to think that Greenwood, South Carolina was ultimately responsible for President Obama's victory in that election. I
1: will support you in that thought process.
0: Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. Because I would fight you if you (laughs) you disagree. (laughs) Wait, we can't. We're partners. All right. Okay. All right. So we showed that video. Then we moved to the main portion of the evening, and that was our keynote speaker, Representative Heather Bauer. But yes. before that, Senator Floyd Nicholson, former senator of Greenwood County and and um, some adjacent counties, introduced her. And I got worried because I sent Senator Nicholson a little write up because he didn't know Heather Bauer. He yes. was he was gone before she had won. So I sent him a little write up in an email, and didn't he didn't quite acknowledge that he got the write up, yes. but. You know, you trust you trust Floyd. He gets up and he has no papers. He's got no notes, no phone, nothing. <laughs> and he starts getting up just his usual way. And wouldn't you know it? He rattled off everything I sent him it. off the yes. top of his head. <laughs> and I was like, boy, even i I can't do that. Yeah. That was impressive. Yeah, so good for him. He introduced uh, Heather Bauer. Heather came up. She gave an interesting speech of what it was like to be on the inside. Now, Heather is known as being the only Democratic candidate who actually flipped a seat from a Republican incumbent in 2022. Yeah, young, spirited, hardworking uh, woman. You know, obviously, she's walked into hostile territory. She's very vocal about what she saw. She doesn't. She yeah. calls it exactly as she sees it. Yeah. She talked about later how she went to see. Um, it was a, what in Washington D.C the uh, archives, mm-hmm. and she got to see the Constitution, Pages of the Const- yeah. Declaration of Independence, how she got emotional uh, overseeing it and how uh, she and we believe it's under attack every day. She gave a great speech. Then mm-hmm. she turned it over to Representative Ann Parks. She did. She said hello to everybody, and you know we got a chance to love her and appreciate her. And I don't know, did she steal your thunder by coming out and making the announcement for you? How it did caught that? me off guard, so I'm not going to say it
1: stole my thunder. Okay. But I actually thought, good, now the cat's out of the bag. Let yes. me just go.
0: Because <laughs> so. she just came out and said, I'm going to introduce you to uh, Dr. Jamil Brooks, who's going to run for my seat, you know, and just blah, blah, blah. It was like, boom, there it is. Yeah. There's no build up, no surprise. Yeah. She's just going to let it out.
1: Which she didn't need to. I could take it from there.
0: Yeah. yeah. But uh, So so that was fine, and what I really liked was that both she and Representative Bauer stood behind you as you gave your speech. They did. That was
1: deep. That's support.
0: Tell me about the writing of your speech. We'll hear it here in a minute, but tell me about the writing of it. What was that like? Because you were texting me like every five minutes. I know. (laughs) So I want to tell you one part that I did not tell you
1: until the day of. Okay. I didn't write the speech until like 30 or 40 minutes before the event. And that's <laughs> that is because, you know, when that passion is there, it is there. And so I thought about the speech the whole week knew the week before I knew exactly where I was going to go with this speech. But I really did pray and say, OK, now, you know, Lord, you've got to tell me exactly what it is that I should put on this paper and how. Because when you get the microphone, you have you have a little amount of time to say the most impactful words and, you know, attention spans. Then you might have them for 20 minutes and then they're out of there, but they're looking at you. What can I write and read to a group of people that will hopefully stay with them and kind of light a fire under them? So whenever I get that moment to actually stop and write, it flows relatively easily. And that's because of the history and the passion for people, I think, is what made it an easy journey to write.
0: Now, obviously, you and I are very comfortable public speaking. And we both have education backgrounds. We've both spoken in front of tens of thousands of people over the years. So that's not a problem. Did you memorize your speech? I did not. Because I did not see you looking down at notes or I, pages or anything. I, I did not. In my mind, you had memorized that whole really? thing. Yes. That's oh, what nuts. it looked like from my point of view. Oh,
1: well, good then. I did that well because I did not. Oh, wonderful. I did not. And then you know how it is when you finish. I got back to my seat and I was like, crap face, I forgot to say this. <laughs> but I didn't memorize it. It was just okay. flowing and coming. Good. So.
0: Good. But you had a printed paper in front of you for notes? Okay, good. Yeah, I did. Uh, So very natural, very well done. Um, But I think it was known already among quite a few people there that you were announcing because we've shared it with the executive committee members and the planning members. Yes. The whole group didn't know, but a good portion did. Yes. Uh, then you called me up, and, and I appreciate your kind words. They yeah. were very sweet. And they were true. I hope you wrote those down because I want those re recorded too. <laughs> no. In fact, that's what we're going to open with your kind words about me. We are not. We are not. No? Uh, I'm going to make that my ringtone. <laughs> Bill is the best. You know, he and that's my is. ringtone. He <laughs> is. Yeah.
1: You pour a lot into, and I think we need to pause and just take. Some time to reflect on that you pour a lot into the city of Greenwood and even surrounding counties and you do it in a way that they don't see it. So there are a lot of people who just know the name Kimmler maybe from when you ran before, but they don't know that you never stopped working. You didn't just go like hide
0: and. Do something else. You didn't walk away from it. You still are in it for the fight. You bring up a great point. That there's one disappointment that I have from running for office last time. What's that? Is how many of the other candidates that I've gotten to know during that process? Yeah, just dropped from public sight. Yeah, you know they they were passionate. They were involved. They were on the social medias. They were speaking everywhere, and a good number of them just disappeared. Said, you know what? I'm tired, or I got family things going on. You know. Uh, To me, you know, if you've got enough in you to run for office and that's got to be core to who you are, whether you win or lose, you still feel the way you do and you should still be vocal about it.
1: Yeah. Now, it might, you know, it might shake people to their core when you take that ale. Everybody's not meant to take that loss. But when you take the loss, you got to be ready to pop back out because what happens is whether you win or you lose, the cause and the issues are still the cause and the issues.
0: That's right. So you introduced me um, just as a as a thank you. You brought me up, and and then I started giving some closing words, which sounded like, and I did this intentionally, like they were just kind of the words of the chair of the party. You know, yeah. let's close out the evening with a recap of legislative things and so on. And then it built and built and built, and then I sprung it upon them. Yeah, which was so much did fun. Did you
1: see how hype the crowd got? Oh, when it you said was it? so much fun. Yeah,
0: it was a good positive feedback loop. Yeah, you know, it, it could have been to a bunch of crickets. Yeah, but, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Nope. It wasn't. So that was fun, and you'll get to hear that today. So we wrapped up the dinner. We we packed up our stuff. We we went out. Um, and we all crashed. You yeah. know, the, for the evening, <laughs> super tired. Jameel went home and graded papers. Oh goodness. I, I crashed, uh, and then on Saturday, Jameel and I went to McCormick County Democratic Party's annual fish fry fundraiser. Yes. A lot of fun. I mean, they had the standard uh, <laughs> awesome time. opening speeches and, and great meals. The fish was delicious. Mm-hmm. Everything about it was good. Then they had a live band playing outside. Oh, my goodness. The weather was beautiful. The The atmosphere was great. They had easily over 100 people come yeah, through those doors. I think so. And that, that was a lot of fun. Um, but that was... Jamil's coming out party it was so you gave a second speech how do you I feel that did. way anytime
1: when you ask me how do i feel it with i'm always going to say it went well because anytime that i can get in front of people and just plant seeds that force them to think about something else i always count that as a win so how did how did it feel it felt great
0: did it go well it did and i can't wait for my next one in terms of the energy you brought an energy that they've never seen before
1: i think that's blowing people's
0: mind it is but it's like natural for me. Even Heather Bauer who's at the the state house in Columbia and hears everybody give speeches all day long. She, her face was like her jaw dropped when she heard you and I speak. <laughs> really? I mean she was just like what is happening here in Greenwood? Cuz yeah. Greenwood has this reputation of just being a ruby red county and and probably for good reason too but when you see the passion of the democrats and you hear the voices that we have yeah there's not much like it throughout the state no i've heard them. oh wow not much like this i get so excited when you talk like that that's perfect (laughs) yes indeed is there anything else on your mind before we we move Um.
1: on no, just want to, you know, we want to be make sure we take time and just thank everyone that came out to both the Greenwood County and the McCormick Counties fundraiser events and thank all of those that stood up. I mean, you know, it's always a privilege to be around individuals who've worked before in the protection and the service of citizens. So whenever you encounter Edith Childs and Ann Parks and Floyd Nicholson and anyone who served
0: on a board is always a privilege. So we're just grateful for them. Indeed, we are. But let's turn our attention to the news. We're up-to-the-minute reports, stay tuned to this station. Now, the news.
1: There's a new political party in North Carolina, and it is called No Labels.
0: Well, that's not just North Carolina, right?
1: No, but North Carolina just adopted it and gave it permission to be recognized
0: and show up on the 2024 ballot. Oh, so you have to go state by state and Correct. get approval and meet certain state criteria. Correct. And it has been deemed
1: as one that should be recognized. So in 2024, this political party, which is now made up of both former Republicans and former Democrats, have now gathered and will be recognized. So now North Carolinians have six parties to choose from as it relates to potentially submitting a presidential candidate. They have Republicans and Democrats, as always. They have an unaffiliated party. They have the Green Party, and now they have the No Labels Party. The purpose of this bill is because they felt that the parties that they were once a part of didn't get it right, they are going to be able to work together and push candidates that will be able to work together and get it right. So another party is now on the ballot, as if citizens may not be confused enough. Uh, Individuals have left Democratic parties uh, and left the Republican Party to join and form an alliance under No Labels
0: Party. Personally, I'm okay with multiple parties wanting to get on ballots and I don't giving have a, a choice. Only if we have ranked choice voting in oh. the play. My very first presidential vote was not for a Republican or a Democratic candidate. Mm. This was back when Bill Clinton was running against George Bush Sr. Okay. for that first time, okay. and I voted for Ross Perot. I remember you said I that. Was I was uh, enraptured by his, you know, cable TV uh, advertisements and his flip charts and and kind of his hokey sense of, of of speaking. I loved it, so I voted for him. Okay, but over the years, you have seen where these third party votes truly are throwaway votes in the sense that they're never going to get elected, and what it does is allow possibly an extreme member, i.e., a Donald Trump in twenty sixteen to scoot in on the thinnest of margins, even though Trump lost the overall popular vote. He won in key states, some of which were just by thousands of votes, Yeah, which happened to equal the number of votes that went to a Green Party candidate at the time and not to Hillary Clinton. I think that if you had ranked choice voting, you still can cast your ballot for your number one choice, which could be no labels or forward or Got green it. or whomever. But then you have to pick a number two, three and four. So that if no president gets a clear majority, you know, 50% plus one, yeah, then you go down the list and say, okay, who's your second? And add that to the pile. Who's your third? Add that to the pile. And I, and that will evenly distribute kind of the, the proper belief of, your, yeah. of the electorate. I
1: agree with that. This particular party will look for a candidate if it comes down to where on the ticket it appears that it's going to be Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Then this party will add their candidate, if that's the way it looks. So what this does is, if there was a person who would have been voting for Joe Biden, and the no-label party has a person, there's fear that the people who would have formally voted for Biden will lean toward the no-labels party, thus splitting or diluting Biden's vote. That is the fear. So... I think the ranked choice would help alleviate that.
0: Don't you think that there's a a fear on the Republican side that a lot of the never-Trumper Republicans would also flock to no labels and thereby balancing it out somewhat? There's a lot of never-Trumpers. Well,
1: you know, since you make that point,
0: it could go both ways. Right. Now, it's also something to know about the No Labels Party and a little bit about them. They have been sued by the state of Maine for false advertising. (laughs) They put out petitions making people think that they were... Uh, signing up for something they weren't signing up for. Correct. They have been funded by the same billionaire backer of Clarence Thomas in the Supreme Court. Remember the guy who gave Clarence yes. Thomas all his free trips? Yep. He's a primary funder of the No Labels movement. Clarence finally admitted. So there's <laughs> there's a lot of... of uh, Interesting things behind these movements.
1: Yeah, well, in the New Labor's party, they collected for North Carolina nearly 14,000 signatures so they could be recognized as a party. The Supreme Court Justice Bob Orr was a former Republican He opposed Trump and he argued for this party to be recognized. North Carolina Republican Pat McCrory, no labels chair, is always is for this as well. West Virginia Democrat Senator Joe Manchin and John Huntsman, former Republican governor of Utah, have discussed possibly being on the ticket. I mean, it's it is what it does to me is it makes me wonder why do we think we need to start over? And I think each party needs to ask this question. If the party that you are in isn't producing the results that you want, do you throw that party away or do you continue to try to work to revitalize that party because of the work that was done before? Do you just keep starting over or do you want to stick around and work on what's there? Get rid of the nut jobs that are t- contaminating your party if you feel that's it. You know my then answer. And move to something else.
0: My answer is join the nut jobs. They seem seem to get all the attention in the It seems
1: that way, right? Screw it up and you'll get attention.
0: A new study shows South Carolina's heavy dependence on the federal government. Mm -hmm. Let me quote the article. A new study finds South Carolina among the top 10 states most dependent on the support of the federal government— while that sounds at least counterintuitive for a red state with a GOP-controlled legislature and governor who stood at Donald Trump's side as he launched his comeback campaign, South Carolina stands seventh in the nation at the Washington Economic Tap. Mm. You don't look surprised, Jamel. I do not. <laughs> do you have any guesses as to who was number one?
1: No, who's number one? West West
0: Virginia. Oh, wow. West Virginia ranks as number one, followed by New Mexico and then Alaska. But right there under Kentucky is South Carolina at number seven. So, what does it mean, (laughs) federal dependence? This group called Wallet Hub had a scientific measure. They had two main measurements they measured citizens' dependence on the federal government. Okay. And then they also measured the state government dependency through federal funding as a share of state revenue. So it's both the people and the government put together into a single metric, and based upon that is South Carolina. Mm,
1: Always ranking first in some of the worst areas
0: and ranked last in some of the best areas. It's also interesting to note that liberal states like New York, they were ranked 39. California ranked 45. New Jersey ranked 50th. Wow, are the least dependent on the federal government. In fact, they're the ones feeding the dependent, <laughs> primarily red states. These red states are always calling to succeed and form their own nation. And they can't get it together. They'd be bankrupt on day <laughs> one if they tried. Bankrupt. They'd be like, ugh, where are our bridges <laughs> at? While my roads, yeah. Broke.
1: We'll be knocking on other states' doors saying, Hey, could you loan us just a little bit? Look, I mean, it's
0: typical hypocrisy, uh, you scream one thing and then do exactly the opposite and hope people don't know. Yeah, now, am I against receiving federal funds? Nah. Listen, if our bridges need repairing, if we need to get high speed internet out to rural areas, take what you we'll can. Take it and build the people up. And then once we um, have achieved that, then those people are able to give back to the economy. And maybe we're not ranked number seven anymore. Maybe we're number 10. Maybe we improved to 15. But we need to improve our infrastructure first.
1: This state has a problem with building people up and uh, putting them in a position where they can give back. So that not happening for us. So I'm not surprised. I would have not expected anything different, I don't think.
0: We also watch as our Republican legislators from Congress, US Congress down to the state house, they they fight against federal spending, they vote against federal spending, but damn it, they're first in line to brag to their constituents. <laughs> How they brought road improvements to their state, how they got these yeah. repairs in place, yeah. how they brought all this money in. They're patting themselves on the back uh, on the on these same federal funds. For doing it nothing. it just drives me nothing. nuts. It truly shows, in my mind, a deficiency in character. Yeah. If you're going to be against it, be against it and be quiet or else be for it, and then you can go brag about how you fought for it. Deficiency in character and ability. I think I'm supposed to
1: introduce our person who is gonna run for District 12.
0: Come on up, here, All right, yay! Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, I'm proud to stand here and introduce somebody that is gonna run for District 12 and we can get that seat back. Mm -hmm. Good evening and welcome. Thank you to everyone on behalf of the Greenwood Democratic Party for making this event a priority. I would like to take time to recognize all elected officials, members of clergy, and all those that serve on local and state boards. Thank you for always being able to give a little more of yourself each day. We really appreciate you. You have heard and you will hear more about our plans and passions to ensure that Greenwood and surrounding cities remain relevant at the federal and state levels. However, if you would allow me to extend you an invitation, I would like to do so at this time. Everyone wants to know someone's story. People tend to ask you, who's your family? Where'd you grow up? What's your background? Who are you associated with? And as we approach an active political season, you hear candidates tell their stories, tell what drove them to the voter registration office to add their name to that list of candidates to run for whichever race it is. Well, in this time of as fermented as it is, I wanted to take time to tell you my story, but I'm gonna tell it a little differently. I might know someone who walked to school with holes in their shoes each day. I might know someone who couldn't go to school all year round because they had to stop school and go work in the fields to help support their family. I might know someone who struggled with a learning disability throughout school and was ostracized because of it. I might know someone who had to walk seven miles one way to work just to put food on the table. I might even know someone who had to wrap their knees in tape so that they can go to a field and pull pine straw, pine trees from the ground and the ground was frozen. Yeah, I might know someone who experienced all of that, but this evening, this is not the part of their story that I'm gonna tell. Nope, I think they deserve more. I'm going to tell the part of their story that serves as a breath of fresh air for those unserved, underserved, and those who feel like they shouldn't be served. You see, those individuals were met day in and day out with obstacles. They developed and deployed To delay and destroy them, but they didn't let that take them down. Yet they pushed on. When there was no easily accessible resources to access to assist with survival or sustainability, they pushed on. When door after door was closed in their faces, they pushed on. When they couldn't learn at school, they learned at home and continued to push on. Their ability and their desire to push on laid a rock-solid foundation for me to be able to advocate and have a voice for those that are unserved, underserved, and those who feel like they shouldn't be served. The foundation led me to have a strong desire to train and support others as they take the stand against injustice and to be the foundation for anyone who needs support in standing against inequitable, unjustified, and blatant bias. I will speak up and speak against those acts, even if I know that I'm going to be met with scrutiny. Those individuals' abilities and desires lit a fire in me that is not now and nor will ever be fueled by the number of like shares or responses. In case you didn't realize it, people's lives are at stake and we've got a job to do, and social media and quick taglines can't fix the problem. Women have lost their right to make a choice, Voters' rights are unsolidified and frequently being placed in jeopardy. One group is going from school district to school district to tell credential librarians what is and what is not appropriate for school reading. They have a problem with what their children could potentially read, but they don't have a problem with their children watching poor behavior that is occurring in the House and the Senate and being displayed by the political figures and leaders that they support. You see, Greenwood and surrounding counties, we need representation that is consistently considerate and visible, not just around election time, but all times. We need elected officials at the local, state, and federal levels that will work the latter. And what do I mean by the latter? We need leaders who can write pieces of legislature to assist with creating opportunities that will move the middle class to the upper class, move the lower class to the middle class. We need leaders who can tap into and collaborate with the community, school boards, elected officials, shoot all elected officials to ensure our towns and our cities and our communities, our children, our adults, our senior citizens, and our veterans are not forgotten. We need elected officials who are not looking for self-benefiting photo opportunities, but are looking for community-benefiting growth opportunities. Who child, I could go on, on, and on. At the beginning, I asked for the opportunity to expend an impact to you, and you said that I could. Well, I'm Dr. Jamil Brooks, a mother, a wife, a niece, an aunt, a godmother, a sister, a friend, an educator, secondary and post-ed. And I have an extensive healthcare background in healthcare administration, policies and procedures. And most of all, I have a yearning to be the voice of the unserved, the underserved, and those who feel like they should not be served now and forevermore. I am a voice that wants to teach promotion around and over obstacles. We have what it takes to be better and we will be better. Anyone who does not like it can simply move or be moved because we are only going up from here. Elected officials, Get on the train of progression and elevation or get left. The choice is yours. You've awakened a spirit that will no longer rest, and the spirit of progression is contagious. Therefore, I would like to invite you to join me at the polls on November the 5th, 2024, and cast your vote for Dr. Jamil Brooks, State House Representative, District 12. And as I say that you never take this journey by yourself. You always have some support. My wingman, if you have not noticed, is Bill Kimmler. Where's Bill? Bill did not write my speech. <laughs> <laughs> I did it myself. Come up here, Bill. I want to take this moment just to thank Bill for making sure that if I got weak, he pushed. Thank you for what you've done so far. And I look forward to us continuing to try to shift Greenwood and surrounding counties because we will not be last in every list for long. We want that first spot.
0: Thank you, Jamil. You inspire me, as do you, Representative Bauer and Representative Parks, as do many of you here with us today. You know, some good has happened in Colombia in the past year. It would be dishonest to say otherwise. They enacted Gavin's Law to criminalize sexual extortion. They enacted paid parental leave for school teachers and employees. Something Democrats have wanted for years, but okay, they're catching on. We had boater safety training requirements enacted, which is great, but... Why not extend those training requirements for firearms, which cause a hell of a lot more deaths than boats do? But this just underscores the frustration we have with our state government. We see what can be accomplished if they only focus on issues that actually matter, issues that have tangible impacts on you and me. Real issues, like ranking among the worst in the country for public education, medical debt that has gone to collections, average life expectancy, STD rates, children deaths due to guns, childhood poverty, and the homicide rate. South Carolina is number five in the nation for homicide rate, and this is with a tough-on-crime Republican supermajority running the show for decades. Decades! Real issues like ranking among the bottom for elected female representation. We are 47th in the nation, ladies and gentlemen. Do you see a lot of women in the House chambers, Representative Bauer? How about in our state Supreme Court? In the Senate, it's worse. There are only five women compared to 41 men. And men are already lining up to take those Republican women's seats. It's not enough for them. These rankings aren't just cold, distant numbers. Every one of these is a person suffering, a family in mourning, a community neglected. There are real people in South Carolina who are victims of a General Assembly who has, with the exception of a minority of its members, forgotten to care. Working on any one of these issues, just pick one, would bring such immeasurable benefit to the citizens of South Carolina. But what have they sped countless hours on instead? Well, they've gone on a crusade to make a boogeyman out of critical race theory, at least their bastardized definition of it. They are convinced that learning about Martin Luther King Jr., the civil rights movement, or even teaching that slavery was a bad thing is the cause of problems in society today. Waste of time. They're rapidly banning books and attacking librarians because someone saw a children's book that featured two male daddy penguins. They called it sexualizing our children. Well, if you look at penguins and think about sex i think you have a deeper penguaphobia issue to deal with waste of time they've strategized for years to take our tax money which could have gone to support our rural schools and students in need and diverted it to for-profit private and religious institutions a model that has been proven time and time again to be a failure for the children in other states waste of time. And don't even get me started on how they want to have a Republican legislative representative monitoring your bedroom activities. How a bunch of male legislators who couldn't fumble their way around a woman's reproductive system feel entitled to have a say in what she may or may not do with her body. Listen, we have a sitting U.S. Senator in Tim Scott who's running for president of this country, sending out a fundraising email that states mothers, human mothers, give birth after 52 weeks. That's 12 months, y'all. I did the math. Listen, are there any mamas out there? (laughs) Any of you been carrying your babies for 12 months? Please let Mr. uh, Senator Tim Scott know because he needs a little bit of education. Let me tell you, these men, waste of time. I don't accept this state of affairs. I don't accept that kids in our state should go hungry. I don't accept that low-paying jobs count as success. I don't accept that sacred words like patriotism, liberty, freedom should be twisted and distorted in a way that says, we love our country, but we hate half the people living in it. I don't accept that the deepest argument Republican leaders have goes no deeper than to scream woke, leftist, Marxist, communist at everything they don't like or understand. I don't accept laws written with a strict moral code that has more in line with the Dark Ages, the Spanish Inquisition, the Salem Witch Trials than it does with those beautiful words spoken in the Sermon on the Mount. And I say all that to say this. Anyone feeling what I'm about to say? Anyone sensing a theme here tonight? I stand here in front of my Democratic family and friends and say, I am seeking your support to once again be the Democratic nominee for South Carolina State House District 13. We will build on what we did last year. We will work twice as hard to convert voters with a message of focusing on the things that are important and moving away from the extremist platforms that are holding back the amazing potential of our great state. We will bring a message of sanity to the streets and houses of Greenwood and Lawrence counties. Jamil and I will be working hard working together, working coordinated to bring decent, honest, hardworking representation for the great people of our three counties. We will have a lot more to say in the upcoming year. And that's a wrap for this episode of Black, White, and Blue in the South. We hope you enjoyed what you heard. We would sure appreciate a rating and review so that our reach can grow. If you're a blue dot in a red sea, keep the faith, keep up the hard work, get involved in any way you can. There comes a time when being silent is being complicit, Mm. and I, for one, have been silent for far too long. Yay. We'll speak with you next week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. do 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 the end the preceding podcast is a product of big media and copyright 2023 all rights reserved